The Cryptic Coffee Podcast, Episode 23, Cryptic Cafe, Alien Encounters. I think he's still an elected official, by the he's way. He's still yeah, in government? He is. Yeah. Oh, I'm fucking mad now. I remember when you brought that up. I can't believe. But then again, I'm not surprised. I think it was the episode when we had Kennedy on. It might have been. Speaking of Kennedy, hey, Zeus. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. I'm just tired. You're always tired. Well, when you have a sleeping schedule like mine, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. I'm I'm waking up ready to go to work. Zeus is still fucking awake. Right? I'm wide awake. He's the one that like have a nice day, sweetie. <laughs> he falls asleep. <laughs> right. I literally had work at two thirty in the morning today. Zeus is still awake. What do you do, Zeus? Try to sleep. Take us through like a routine, like a normal day. In the life of Zeus. Like waking up to falling asleep? Yeah. I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Because it's not something I want out there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. Oh, Okay. Oh, okay. He's got a secret double life. No, it's just. Nah, don't lie to these people. Sad. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I will buy you melatonin gummies. I can get you edibles. I don't want it, of course. Why not? Because. They help you sleep. A little too good sometimes. Dude, I thrive off melatonin gummies. It's the only way I'm able to, like, sleep in time for work. Really? Because, like, so, 2.30 in the morning, right? I fell asleep, like, at 6. 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. How the fuck am I going to fall asleep at 6 p.m. when my usual, like, sleep time is, like, 10 or 11? Yeah, if it's, like, an unusual thing, I could see, like, melatonin gummies, like, helping a lot. They, they, I fucking thrive off that shit, dude. Don't you have, like, a, a time frame where if, like, you sleep a little too much, you can't wake up? Honestly, nah. So, cause, so I take the, they're, like, gummies you can get at Target. Mm. Um, I sometimes, I fucking hate this because I'll take one, right? I'll wake up two hours later. My shift is not for another four hours. And I feel fully refreshed. Like, I've had a full night's sleep. And I'm like, I got work in four hours. Let me go back to sleep. Right. I feel so good. I'm just like, I fucking hate this shit. But now, like, when when I'm able to sleep through, like, the whole night. Like, not even the whole night. Like, sit, like six, like five to six hours is, like, the sweet spot where I'm like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, dude, I thrive off that shit. I'll, like, I'll give some to Zeus. See if we get some sleep. We no. need to get him on a normal sleep schedule, man. We do. Homeboy hasn't seen a sunrise in like what twelve years? Well, I mean, he's up for sunrises. <laughs> yeah, Shit, I am never up mind. for sunrise. <laughs> Shit. Most of the time, when I look out the window, I'll be like, "The sun's coming up." <laughs> I gotta try to sleep like, you know, harder. So yeah. the thing is, I've had a couple of those nights, but it's mostly like either I was gaming or I had work. Yeah. If I'm like staying up too late playing game, and then I look at the window, and I'm like, oh. The sun's rising. You know I, you had a good fucking game. Mm. But every time when I'm like coming back from work and I'm like, I hope I get home before the sun rises. <laughs> I'm on the freeway and I look over and I see that fucking orange light and I'm like, oh, fuck you. 
when you see the sky turn go from black to like blue to like a light blue yeah and then all of a sudden you see the rays you're like fuck i'm like fuck i guess i said i got 20 minutes till i get home <laughs> is anyone having trouble with their headphones does it keep like switching nah from side to side oh, okay. for me it does i think it might be you zeus try moving the cable around this, wiggle, ha- wiggle, wiggle. Yeah. this happened the last time when we were recording do you want to try another like headset i did that with the a different headset too and it was doing now? that it's just on the right side how's it now i'm good now it wasn't fully connected oh i thought it was i i pushed that shit in right now look at that it's dark <laughs> <laughs> it's not dark i can see that shit perfectly brother well, it, it's dark because the light is like <laughs> right in front of me so it was like sticking out so i'm like give me a second so it was making contact yeah but not fully there okay all right never mind then <laughs> Yeah, my sleep schedule is kind of similar. If I'm not working or doing anything, it literally reverts to default, which is Zeus's uh, schedule right now. I'll literally go to sleep like at 6, 7 a.m. Dude, I can't do that. The fucking melatonin gummies, bro, they they actually, because if you take them enough, they'll get you on a habit. Don't you get like a tolerance for them? I've I've been taking it for a year now. No tolerance. Mm. But um, they actually get you like on a sleep schedule because now whenever it's like 10, 11, like, I'm like, oh, you know, I have the day off tomorrow. I'm going to stay up. It's like 10 or 11. I was like, oh, you know, I'm a little tired. And I'm like fucking mad because I'm like, no, stay awake. You can actually stay awake today, brother. Yeah. You can stay up and game till 2 a.m. Yes, you can. And, and your no, body's I- like, no, we got to work in a few hours. <laughs> I just dropped dead, bro. I fucking hate. That's the one thing I hate. It's just like I can't do all-nighters anymore. Mm. Either I'm old or those fucking melatonin gummies just got me on that SCP schedule. Just the gummies for sure. I can easily fuck up my sleep schedule with one bad night. One bad night where I'm like, let's stay up late. I can't recover for like two weeks. <laughs> I need full two weeks to like uh, uh, go back. Because I take naps during the day between yeah. my two jobs. I After I'm done with one job, I take a quick nap, then head to the second job. So sometimes I do fuck that up and it's not a nap. It's like a half sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a few too many hours. So when I come back home from my le- my second job, it's like late at night, 11, midnight, somewhere around that. I'm like, I'm not even tired. But I, but I work at 6 a.m. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I have to be very careful. I have like a very like uh, intricate way of my sleep schedule. Otherwise, no, it all goes to shit. I could easily end up like Zeus. I'm not saying like you're a bad example, <laughs> but I got jobs, bro. I can't be doing <laughs> what no, you're doing. I understand. I wish I could be doing what Zeus is doing. I do wish I don't could. Don't get me wrong. He's he, he living the life, apparently. He's living no, his best life, No, you bro. don't. <laughs> you don't, don't wish uh, that you have my sleep schedule. This shit sucks. You have no idea how no, I mean, much. I, I wish you had the... I wish I was able to like actually do that. It wasn't like, oh, I want your sleep schedule. I want to have the ability to stay awake. Yeah, I think me and Jose could probably relate to this, but like, I've, it, I work on weekends like early, early for my second job waking up getting ready at 5 a.m and then seeing zeus online sending us memes it's great and i appreciate it but i'm like i'm ne- i'm so fucking jealous sometimes i'm like i really fucking wish i could just be playing video games right now Dude. but i gotta drive to this fucking paint store i usually stop playing games like around like 11 ish like if i'm just by myself that's mm-hmm. like usually when i stop or earlier but uh yeah i don't play games like that late unless someone else is online like that i can play with mm. hopefully we could play i want to play fall guys with you you don't play rocket league do you 
No, but I could download it. Oh, let's all get a Rocket League. Rocket League. I love Rocket League. Oh, okay. We're going to have a gaming section. Gaming section. Gaming session of Rocket League this week. So, guys, how are you? I think we just went through it. Zeus looks tired. Yeah. We, we already Zeus, went through it. <laughs> Zeus is tired. I had a full shift today. I, hung out, I got to hang out with my coworkers after work, and that was pretty fun. Cause, uh, so, I worked 2.30 to 10.30 a.m. I got to see uh, my coworkers who I went to the art supply warehouse. And uh, that place is like a candy store if you're an artist, bro. You walk in, you're like, oh, shit. It's fucking great, bro. Well, but- you told me about your coworkers. Just amazing to me. Oh, the, the drawing? Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, that he went in there and came out with like $200 worth of supplies. Yeah, shout out to that dude. Like He had a good time. I know he was regretting it, but I'm like, dude, you look happy as fuck. I'm happy for you. Imagine when they imagine like your friends are like, yeah, let's go to the store that you've never been to. You have no idea what's there. And then you end up with $200 less in your bank account. <laughs> it has to be an amazing experience, dude. If you're not planning to spend $200 and you spend $200, that's a fucking day. Dude, you had a good fucking time. That's a core memory, honestly. <laughs> no, but yeah, like, I love that story because you walk in, right? And you're like, oh, shit, what's on sale today? And you see all the shit that's on sale. And you're like, I kind of want that. I want that. I want that. I don't want that, but I need it. Fuck it, I'll get it. <laughs> yeah, that not, whole process. It's not even like, I need it. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I think I'd want that. Dude, I almost fucking walked out with like two bricks of Sculpey. I, I love I love uh, polyester clay. I love messing with it. I love playing with it. Yeah. Um, we uh, I use Super Sculpey, which is like an oven bake. So you form it, you bake it, and then, you know, you paint it. Oh, okay. So I love doing that shit. And they have it on sale for 10 bucks right now. And I'm just like, yo, I already have three bricks at home that I haven't touched. But I could use another three. Hey, man, with this inflation, you don't know what that's going to be like next week. Dude, honestly, it's like almost like at, right now the price is like 18 bucks a brick. Mm-hmm. So seeing it for 10 bucks, I'm like, yeah, fuck. That's a bargain. Yeah. Come back next week. It's a thousand dollars a brick. <laughs> inflation hits super hard. Dark Brandon really out here. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dark Brandon means I love that. Oh, I fucking love that shit, bro. I love it, bro. Dark Brandon really popping off this week. Takes me back to 2016. Bless. All the Biden memes were coming out when, like, he didn't want to leave office or something. <laughs> what was the one you said? You, your father's son? Yeah, there's one where he's, like, I'll look it up, where he's, like, pointing at Donald Trump's, like, son. Yeah. He's like, fuck you, fuck you, uh, Trump Jr. You, your daddy's son. <laughs> oh, Let me dude, look it up. that shit was fucking great. Stones where he looked like he was ready to throw hands. Yeah, the picture looks like he's ready. Ah, it's not, like, insta. It's not on Google. It wasn't that popular enough. Damn. Or just, you know, four to five years of political turmoil. But there's a cute <laughs> but there is a cute little mug here of Joe Biden. It says, I love you as much as Joe Biden loves ice cream. That's pretty fucking cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We're gonna have to cut that part out right now, but <laughs> Oh yeah, this is all easy to cut out. Alright, so how are you doing? I'm good. I've been working a lot as well. I took a couple extra shifts. I'm getting back into my schedule. I had a great summer, uh, but that fucks a lot with uh, my sleeping. Yeah. When, like I said, when I only have one job, basically my brain is like, "Oh, we're free all mon- all night long. We just got to work at like in the afternoon." I'm like, no, I prefer to not be tired. <laughs> and when I go to work, I'm like, no, 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 let's wake up at three p.m. <laughs> I think for like a solid two weeks, I was like with you, Zeus. Because, like, I'd be on the toilet, like, sending memes, and you would instantly <laughs> reply. No, yeah, no. Uh, I remember some of those times, like, not even that long ago, I would literally wake up, getting ready for work, and you guys were having a full-on conversation. Yeah, and I'm and like, Zeus I gotta catch up on this real quick. <laughs> yeah, so I matched Zeus. 
but now I'm going back into uh, routine uh, slowly. Uh, I'm glad because like I'm that type of person that needs routine. I hate being that type of person, but I need routine. Otherwise, I'm just like I'll forget shit. Oh, I, I feel it. Yeah, I am horrible with like remembering what to do, what blah 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 blah. Just uh, keeping shit. I need a notebook and I need uh, a routine in my life. Otherwise, I don't func- function that well. I'm fun when I don't have a routine because <laughs> I come up with like spontaneous shit. Like, let's go to Michigan today. Like that type of shit. <laughs> I've never been to Michigan, but still, it's that type of shit. And with that, welcome listeners to the Cryptic Coffee Podcast. Welcome listeners. Welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> All right, let me. There is something so beautiful. Let me take a sip of mine too. About coffee in a can, bro. Just the idea that like thousands of years of people brewing this shit, and now I could just go to the corner store and buy it. Not even just buy it. Have some of the best one. Uh, I brought uh, La Colombe coffee. This is a really popular coffee brand. There are some cafes that are like high end from these guys. Uh, I've seen them on YouTube. Never been, but it looks amazing. Actually, like even the can looks up. Like it's a simple can, but I see that chocolate right there, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of want to try that. Yeah, and it's a small size. Usually, like in coffee, they give you like the monster cans. They're like the twenty ounce, like the ventis, basically. Yeah. But this one's small. It's uh, what nine ounces? Yeah, smaller than a regular like Coke can. Dude, this shit is thick. The foam on it, and then yeah. the chocolate taste. I got a uh, Starbucks Frappuccino vanilla just because um, the stuff I went to doesn't really have that much like options. It doesn't have options. We should probably try a new place, but we don't have any places like that close, unfortunately. Yeah. East LA is not a like a coffee hotspot, unfortunately. I mean, like, I even Scott was like, hey, can I get like a, a better selection of drinks? Do you guys want to go to... It's kind of far, but uh, you know the 7-Eleven I keep telling you about that has yeah. imported shit where I got the Lilo and Stitch milk tea? Yeah. If y'all ever went down to go... Or we could just look for another one because they got a bunch of shit. They have Pepsi from Japan, but it's like $8. Yeah. I've never, like, I've been trying because the can looks cool. They even got, like, Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> they got Crystal Meth. <laughs> they even got Crystal Pepsi. We got to go now. <laughs> <laughs> they got yeah, that blue sky. <sighs> like, if anything, dude, like, I'll just take, like, a regular UCC milk coffee, the the can uh, milk coffee from Japan. Mm. Ah, shit's fire. That's actually what inspired me to try making my own milk coffee at home. Oh, really? Because, like, I didn't want to keep going, having to go to H-Mart, which is, like, a 15-minute drive from my house. I'm like, yeah, I can keep going to H-Mart. I love H-Mart. H-Mart's an experience every time. I yeah. love going to H-Mart. It's like, I, but I could, I could save my gas and try to make it here at home. And that's when I, like, just figured, like, you know, instead of trying to buy this coffee every single time, yeah, I'm going to try to make it at home. And so I've been like working on the experience, like experimenting, like trying to get that flavor right. Yeah. Or maybe even a little bit better. But yeah, that Japan milk coffee is so fucking fire. I'm glad I'm slowly getting away from the Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, the thing that you got me addicted to. The cold cream? Yeah, cold. Uh, chocolate, choc- chocolate cream cold brew? Exactly that. Bro, one. I'm mad at you because that hazelnut just added a whole new experience for me. So oh. I had that shit this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I had it this morning. I was fucking mad because I was like, Fucking a friend had like how to introduce her shit to me. I got that from a coworker. I forgot like back then my my standard to, uh, for Starbucks was a uh, caramel uh, macchiato, just standard milk and coffee with caramel in it. And coworker was like, "You're doing it wrong. What? Two shots of hazelnut." I was like, "She said it exactly like that." That's the funny part too. She's very like eccentric. She kind of freaked me out. I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> got it. Yeah, pretty good. Now I put two shots of hazelnut on almost any coffee that I. 
I get. The thing to me is, um, I love hazelnut coffee. And I think the best one I've ever had is the fucking 7-Eleven hazelnut coffee. 7-Eleven. The one that they were out of last time. Dude, that shit, I don't know what the fuck. That, to me, was when I was, when I was first like, you know what? I think I like coffee. Because I, I tried coffee. I tried, like, you know, different tri- types. Yeah. But it never, like, really got me until I tried the uh, 7-Eleven hazelnut coffee. And I was like, hey, yo, what the fuck? Why is this good? Top three coffee brands what or just coffees in general. What would you uh, rank? I would go with um, 7-Eleven hazelnut coffee. Um, UCC, um, the UCC brand from J- uh, Japan, their milk coffee is pretty fucking fire. I need to try it. I, I like it. I love that shit a lot. Yeah, you. I'm gonna. I got H Mart pretty close. Yeah, uh, I'll go next time and I'll like send you pictures so you could tell me which one's the right one. It's a simple can. Like you'll probably see it right away. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I guess for third for me, like actually not even third. I don't. I, I would have like a proper list. But Don Francisco's coffee, the kind that I you know, I used to make at home. I fucking love that shit, bro. I think you brought that one time. Yeah. It's like one of the earlier episodes. Um, I I use it to make my coffee, my cold brews. I, I just I make it, let it sit in the fridge, and then I just go with it. But mm. yeah, I fucking love their coffee. But then I was at Cafe de Oya recently. Oh, Cafe de Oya. It's so fucking fire. Oh, I don't shit. put that under coffee. That's a completely different. Well, it it's is. Experience. It's such a completely different thing. Have you ever had that, Zeus? No. It's like... Oh, so hard to like. It's almost like a stew, bro. Like they just have it. It's cafe de olla means coffee in a pot from a pot. They put just dark coffee, but it's not like uh too bitter. Uh, they're not too like uh hot. The water's not too hot, so when yeah. like the extraction point happens, it's not too bitter. It doesn't burn the coffee beans. So what you get is like a very light flavor. They then put cinnamon. They put honey. They put a bunch of shit on that, yeah. and they warm it up in a pot and. The whole point is you grab a cup and, like, basically dip the cup in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, for large groups. That's some of the best coffee I've ever had, dude. Back when my girlfriend lived in Koreatown, uh, there was this, like, little cafe nearby. We never really went to it, but but she was moving. She was like, oh, like, let's go to this cafe I saw. Mm -hmm. And um, the guy was like, I I go in there, and we get a sandwich. And then the guy's like, oh, do you want to try some Cafe de Oya? And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Bro. My fucking mind was blown. I was like, why is this so fuck?" Like, I don't know what the fuck you guys put in this. Yeah. Y'all probably put some crack in that shit. It was fucking good. And I remember thinking, like, I, I want this again. Mm-hmm. But it's in Koreatown, so I'm not going to go to like, fucking Koreatown for Cafe de Oya. We got some right here in the taco trucks Yeah, in, here in East L.A. Sometimes uh, the lines get so long on weekends, they actually put out a free Cafe de Oya little, like, jug. Yeah. Like a five-gallon jug. Uh, with paper cups and you could just get free cafe de olla it's not that good but cafe de olla is good even in like the worst like situations yeah even the worst cafe de olla you could try it's still gonna be good because the the process is so simple dude my friend kate uh before she left she um gave me a bag a lot of it was like instant coffee and one of them was like instant coffee instant uh, cafe de olla mm-hmm. and i was like it's not gonna be the same but whatever and i try it and it's still good i'm like this is just instant cafe de olla what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> literally just the Mexicans have mastered it. <laughs> Literally just, like, you know, put a little bit in there, put some boiling water, just stir that shit up, and you're like, hey, yo, this is fire. Again. I fucked up, re- not recently, like, I want to say about a year ago. I was in TJ. Yeah. And we had we went to go uh, eat some breakfast. Nice little restaurant. There's a lot of good, like, restaurants in TJ. You don't go for, like, Denny's or stuff like that. You yeah. just go to a bunch of random, like, uh, mom and pop shops. And... One of the options is Café de Olla. I'm like, yeah, I'll get some uh, Café de Olla. And 
I'm still thinking I'm in. We just land, not land. We just arrived in TJ. Yeah. I'm still in like American mode. I yeah. still, it's like really early in the morning. I want to say it's like 7 a.m. I'm thinking, oh, I'm at an IHOP or at a Denny's. Like, can I get some creamer with that too? And he looks at me. He's like, sir, it's Cafe de Olla. Oh, yeah, yeah, never mind. Because <laughs> it's supposed to be dark. It's already like made for you. You don't, yeah. you don't really want to add cream to that. Like, the whole taste of it is like, should be drank dark. No cream in like Cafe de Olla. It's fucking great. You should try it, Zeus. It's pretty good. He was looking at you like, uh, you had just called him something like. <laughs> yeah, he probably was super offended too. Yeah. He's like, brother, you know I made this, right? <laughs> Imagine. Yeah, he's like tearing up. <laughs> he's like, sir. It's Cafe de Olla. Yeah, can I get an instant mate chocolate double chocolate chip? <laughs> Instant creamer. What'd you bring, Zeus? Liquid death. It's been so long since I've drank these. Um, I got the uh, Bury It Alive sparkling water flavor again. I had a liquid death the other day. I was It was pretty hot, and uh, I stopped at 7-Eleven after one of my jobs. I was like, let's see what Zeus is like <laughs> all about. Let me see what this shit's all about. Pretty good. But Barry Live is pretty good. I still just think the mango chainsaw was rancid. Yeah, the mango chainsaw is crap, dude. You got to change that liquid death. I was afraid to drink it, though. Like, everything was fine until I got in my car. And then I was like, I can't drink this while I'm driving because I'm going to get pulled over. <laughs> this literally looks like a beer because I got the white one. Yeah. Oh. Like, this shit looks like just a... Just the regular water. Yeah, this shit looks like a fucking Miller Lite. <laughs> 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 and I'm in a school zone just... <laughs> <laughs> just driving just yeah just fucking down shotgunning a liquid death that would have been funny this is how i get through life <laughs> so guys i want to start off strong with you i got a question aliens do we believe in them yes yeah damn that was an easy one <laughs> yeah it's easy as fuck bro do you think we've ever been visited jose or- i i think we have are you uh i'm one of those guys that are like yeah there's aliens by aliens, I mean there could be living life forms millions of light years away from us. Oh, I mean, like, we've already discovered life forms. And, like, I think I mentioned this last time, like, I think it was Neptune or Saturn. There are, like, living life forms, but they're not the advanced, you know, flying through. Yeah, that's where I tend to land. I'm like, for sure, mathematically, it's impossible for, like, there not to be life anywhere else. There has to be, like, the amount of stars, the amount of stars that have planets... The amount of planets in those stars that have like the Goldilocks range where like yeah. life is uh, possible, there ha- we're not alone for sure. I'm kind of in the belief of uh, that you know aliens uh, pull up their windows as soon as they go by Earth. <laughs> <laughs> we're the bad neighborhood. We're that one gas station in the middle of like Missouri that no one wants to go to. <laughs> they lock their doors. <laughs> they lock their doors. Mom, what's that? Children, we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like I believe you know. I believe we've been visited. Actually, I don't think I mentioned this last time because I know when I ask a question. So, give me this. This is me like five or six years old and learning about aliens and UFO abductions mm-hmm. and thinking like they always carve people up, you know, you always hear stuff like that. It's like, what if there's scientists who just like dress up as a craze and like I've oh. done people just experiment on people? That was my whole thing is that they were like human scientists just yeah. dressed up as aliens trying to experiment with people. But I'm like, they, they must have learned how to, like, create flying ships in order for them to do that. This is me, five years old, thinking, like, yeah. <laughs> aliens are fucking human scientists. Dude, five-year-old you is coming up with, like, double conspiracy theories. <laughs> like, 
there's a conspiracy behind the conspiracy. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was just me like, because, you know, me not being able to process aliens or, you know, fucking, like, for me thinking like, oh, maybe aliens are next door. Yeah. No, me was like, you know, maybe like, instead of like them being like, you know, extraterrestrial, maybe they're just like doctors and scientists who like experiments on like really weird people or whatever. Yeah. That was whole my thing is like when I was a little kid and I was like, Looking back, I'm like, damn, dude, you were dumb as fuck. No, you were you were having some like esoterical questions. I wouldn't have thought that at 20 years old, <laughs> dude. When I was a kid, I was so confused because I grew up in a strong religious household. Yeah, same not, not too strong. I'm not talking Alabama strong, but like Mexican strong. Where yeah, everyone, you have to do all this shit. Like, I don't believe in God, but that Catholic guilt still follows me to this very fucking day. Mm-hmm. It's horrible, brother. <laughs> You gotta light a candle every night, otherwise you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, like no learning about the story of like what happened, Jesus, all this, yeah. uh, the sacrifice, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, the the uh, him getting crucified, then going and learning about aliens and abductions, and then like the Illuminati, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? That's I think that's one of my moments where I realized there's there comes a moment where you're a child where you think. Everyone who who's an adult knows what they're doing. The oh. world wor- works perfectly, and one day I'm going to grow up and be part of this perfect world in this system. And the older you get, there comes a point where you're like, everyone's just winging it, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I'm that fucking adult, dude. I'm nearly 30 years old. <laughs> I've never like reached a point where I'm like, I think I got this. <laughs> no, every single fucking day I'm fighting for my life. That's the fucking problem. Everyone's like that. Even the most successful adults you could, like, look on, like, their front is, oh, I'm a successful adult. I got everything together. But behind that, they're like, I'm I'm struggling to meet, make ends meet. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep up this image, and I'm fucking struggling. I've met a, a bunch of people that are like that. But one of the first times where I was like, people don't even, like, agree on this shit. <laughs> they're like, not everyone believes in Jesus. When I learned about other religions, my mind just got blown away. Oh, fucking for real. I was like, what the fuck is a Buddha? <laughs> <laughs> no, because um, I don't know. Were you raised this way, Zeus? In like a uh, religious household? Yeah, but after a while, I got kind of like, I don't know. Like, I just had questions about it. So I just never bothered asking like uh, my parents about it because I don't know if my dad's religious. I know my mom was, but I just didn't bother like telling her or asking her questions because then she'd just give you like, the typical like response to like that kind of question keep in mind zeus has some cool ass parents yeah no we were talking about that last uh episode both of my parents are deeply religious so i grew up in that they're like i grew up in a box when it came to religion it was just like there's just jesus god and that's it the holy spirit that's all you ever need that's all you need to know i went through a journey like where my family started out catholic and they went protestant yeah so they're double <laughs> like they think catholics are doing devil worship imagine what like normal <laughs> non-religious people are yeah Jeez. but aliens really put a cork in the screw of everything i thought i had it all planned out i thought i knew everything about the universe and how shit worked jesus made it all god made it all and then Grays just showed up and i'm like wait <laughs> <laughs> i didn't read this part i read this part in the fucking bible <laughs> new bible dlc just <laughs> the bible too <laughs> but yeah if you haven't uh figured it out today we have a theme uh on our show we're gonna talk about aliens 
we have a couple of good stories. I think Jose is going to be the main one. Yeah. I can't wait to hear that. Zeus, do you want to do a coin flip? Who wants to start off? Uh, I was actually going to say I can go first because I don't think I've ever gone first. Really? I think you've gone first. Normally, um, it's you, bet- it's between me and Jose sometimes. Yeah. It's like, who wants to go first? And then we'll be do rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Because like, I'm still up in the whole, like, this is kind of a presentation kind of thing. So yeah. I'm like, all right, get it first, get it out the way. <laughs> if Yeah, I, I've done that at, at school so many times. I'm like, I'll be first because that way I could set the bar so low. I don't have to jump any other higher bars. Yeah. Not for me. I, I didn't care. I'd just be like, I brought this. You better be happy I brought it. <laughs> no, be happy I brought anything. Not that, that and just because I, I always get nervous, like, to, like, be first for anything. Mm. so i was like you know what i i've never i don't think i've ever like said my story first on, really? on the podcast zeus is dropping out of his comfort zone let's go look at that zeus is first today let's go this is an unprecedented <laughs> event keep in mind uh listeners after this is all gonna go downhill yeah i believe that that's how much i believe in zeus it's not like he- <laughs> i changed my mind if you can go first <laughs> <laughs> we're just wrecking the pressure on him Keep in mind, it's not like the first time where Zeus. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time Zeus uh, steals the show. No, no, no. He. We planned him to be the mid story for like two episodes, and those stories end up being like the best ones. <laughs> I don't remember the Snallygaster one. That was the one you guys were like really like obsessed over for a little bit. The lady that uh, caught on fire in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one we had Kennedy on. That that one stole the show from me. They got fucking uh, what's his name. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, they got Hoover for the <laughs> to figure out what happened. My man, J. Edgar Hoover. Dude, all right. Uh, little, I think speaking of Hoover, I was listening to uh, the Bell Witch mm-hmm. uh, story on the Bell Witch. My man, no, was he in that one? Don't tell I, me I he makes was, another appearance. I think he was in that one. But then I remember he was he was making another one, the Winchester Mystery House. So I want to save the full story for when we actually go on the tour. Yeah, but a little spoiler, he goes to try to meet lady winchester and she's like no thank you i'm good what the fuck man shows up to your house hi i'd like to no no, i'm good you know who i am right <laughs> oh i know who you are president oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good you can go home what the fuck you reject the the fbi <laughs> Edgar Hoover is the FBI. If you ever put want to put a face on that organization, it's J. Edgar Hoover. That man ran it for how many fucking decades? He went from chasing like Bonnie and Clyde to like talking to Bill Clinton. Like that that's <laughs> that's how what a long, jump. <laughs> that's how long he ran the fucking uh, uh bureau. So he is literally the face of the twentieth century FBI, which is probably the worst FBI. <laughs> No, yeah, he wanted to meet her, and she was like, no, no, I'm good, I'm fine. I had no idea he showed up so much in in this world. Well, I think the Bell Witch one, I might be wrong, because I, I might have been something else. But I know for sure, I think it was Winchester Mystery, uh, Winchester Mystery House. Just try to show up, like, try to have dinner with her. No, yeah. no, I'm good. You, you can go home. Hey, she, had, she was a lady with a purpose. <laughs> she knew what she wanted, and it was a lot. <laughs> I I'm going to be super pissed if one day couple episodes from now, it's going to be the Warrens and Hoover together in one story. Oh, um, I was listening to a story the other day. I can bring in a story that I just... About the Warrens? Reading the story, like, all right, this is interesting. Then the Warrens show up. What the fuck? Didn't that happen to you at the werewolf one? <laughs> the werewolf one? Yeah, because I remember like, hearing about it, and I was like, oh, this is fucking good. Writing it down. I'm like, this is, this is great. <laughs> Studying it. And then the Warrens showed up. So like I'm like, what the scare. fuck? <laughs> 
Dude, it's like the MCU for the <laughs> the, the paranormal MCU. They're Stanley. <laughs> Bro, Doctor Strange just like the whole Doctor Strange movie at the end and the Warrens show up <laughs> try to fucking exercise the shit out of Wanda. Oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> Spoilers. It's, it's the same uh, Warrens from like the Conjuring universe too. It's the same actors. It's like Ed and Lorraine, <laughs> dude. See, that's where uh, Universal fucked up with their dark with their dark uh, universe. Should have had the fucking Warrens on it, right? Why'd you have Tom Cruise get the Warrens? <laughs> I forgot Tom Cruise was in that The Mummy, right? I think so. Fuck. They start off bad with that one, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the and then really never went anywhere. But the point is, they should have just brought in the like, dude. Fucking post credit scene. Go MCU post credit scene. The Warrens show up. Right. <laughs> Imagine the Warrens versus Dracula. Because <laughs> they were trying. Because that's what the like uh, the Dark Universe is. It's like Frankenstein, Dracula, the Werewolf, werewolf Invisible Man, the Swamp uh, Swamp Monster. Yeah, it was all the classics that made Universal back in the day. I almost said Swamp Thing. Swamp. But the- I, almost <laughs> no, that, I almost did too. No, that's White Thang <laughs> from Alabama. White Thang. So. Since we're all like now known, like amongst our friend groups, as like, oh, you're the the creepy podcaster person. <laughs> the other day, they were like, "Hey, Efren, tell us about a cryptic we don't know." Instantly, Alabama white thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who brought that. <laughs> yeah, one up. I want to thank you personally, Jose, because that gave me ammo. I was like, "Shit, I got you, Alabama white thing." <laughs> Got to say it with that accent they too. Probably looked at you like he's making this shit up. Yeah, they they were like, "Nah, that's not real." I made them Google it. Dude, the fucking story you told me about the Minecraft shit. <laughs> Which one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm in a Minecraft server now. Uh, I started coming back to playing uh, video games uh, slightly. My friend uh, has a Minecraft server with like 12 people, uh, including me. And some of these people in there I've never met. And me, I just joined to like build stuff while they're like actually playing. I kind of like stay on my own like little side i I'm, I'm just building i'm just living my yeah. best life i'm literally just joined to like build a house and shit while they're actually grinding for stuff i'm over here like a fucking like a toddler playing with legos like <laughs> i build a house <laughs> <laughs> anyways i i joined their group chat and to talk i don't usually do it but this time because they uh, a lot of people were on and they wanted to talk i'm explaining my house and everything and then all of a sudden, I hear a random voice that I've uh, from a person I've never known. Was that the guy from the podcast? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> he recognized me through my voice. Like, oh, that's the guy because uh, Pua uh, put him onto the podcast, and apparently he's been listening. He said that shit's good, man. That shit's entertaining. <laughs> I had a like live review in person. Problem is, <laughs> I was baked out of my mind. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I'm trying so hard to like keep my composure. All I could say is like, "Thank you for listening." <laughs> it was like the most awkward it shit I've ever. Sounded like a soundboard at some point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. So the thing you love is because um, I just I when people ask about it, I'm like, it's decent. But then people listen, they're like, "Hey, yo, this is funny." That a- should always guess me because I get that all the time. It's like, "Hey, yo, that's actually funny." I'm like, "Thank you." Yeah, I do promote it in that way. I promote it like, yeah. Me and my friends have a little podcast thing going on. Like, mostly I'm proud about the numbers that we get from, like, out of state, out of yeah. country. Like, China, uh, the Brazil, uh, UK numbers that we get. Yeah. So, when it comes to, like, people in person, I'm just like, yeah, no, no. It's just, it's a hobby that I do with friends, blah, blah, blah. That's how I take it, too. It's just something we do for fun. <laughs> yeah. 
and then like yeah i do be getting some reviews that are like oh that's 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 pretty great it's pretty entertaining and it's not friends anymore it's yeah. like random people like acquaintances we're at, at the acquaintance level where friends of friends have listened to us and yeah. they like it and they're like it's like genuine like it's not like oh he's doing something i'm gonna support him I'm, yeah and tell him that it's good no i've had people tell me that it's pretty good so we're going into the right direction I'm glad. If only we could upload more episodes. <laughs> Maybe that'll change now yeah, after I, this. I haven't had that happen to me yet. It's just some like friends of mine will be like, "Oh, you know, like, uh, like the show's funny. Like, do you guys got a good thing going? Keep, keep at it." Yeah. Or like the occasional, uh, from Kevin, he'll be like, "So where where the episodes at?" <laughs> <laughs> he'll be like, "I need my fix." We should give our numbers to Kevin, so he could just like get on our asses. Whenever we're slacking, he'll be like, hey, bitch. <laughs> you you know Kevin's voice. You'll be like, hey, bitch, get the fuck on. Come on. Go on. Go yeah, record. He... Hey, bitch, well, give me some milk. <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I haven't been playing with him a lot lately because he's moving. Again? Well, not again. It's just he like he went to go check out uh, a room at, at his aunt's place. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he really liked it. So he was just like, yeah, I... Uh, he got these like Costco boxes, like these really big ass ones, like the plastic ones. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, "Bro, I have like twelve of them, and I still need more boxes like <laughs> to put all my stuff in." Because he collects like a bunch of like figures, pops, Pokemon cards. Oh, it's just okay. like a bunch of shit. And he's like, "And bro, that's all just on boxes." Oh my he, god. And he was like, "Bro, I still need more of these." That's two. That, that's two out of twelve. The rest of the rest of them are milk. Yeah. The rest <laughs> of it's just Nesquik. And it was funny because yesterday, it was yesterday. Um. He was online, and then he logged off. And I was like, "Where you at?" I was like, "You know, do you like?" Uh, I sent him like a funny voice clip. I'm like, "Where you at? We got to grind on Apex." And then he just replies back, "Sleeping." And I'm like, "Wake up!" And I sent him the the meme, the guy that like puts his eyes wide open. He's like, "Wake up, wake up!" I sent him just a picture of him, and then he's just like, "No, nah, I'm just like putting stuff away." And I was like, "Oh, we could just play another day. Like, if you're tired, then like after that." And he just sends me a picture. I didn't get the picture. I see a message of him saying, I'm playing Fortnite. And he's holding a Nerf gun that says Fortnite on it. <laughs> and he's behind all the boxes in his room. Just <laughs> just aiming at something off camera. And it looks so fucking funny. Uh, as someone who used to work at Target, I know exactly what Fortnite gun it is, too. The Nerf one. Yeah. Was it yellow? Yeah, and yeah. I had no idea he owned it. So he's like, I'm playing Fortnite. <laughs> just aiming at something off camera and that shit made me bust up laughing <laughs> is he still gonna be in utah yeah he's still gonna be in utah okay he better stay there we got plans for you kevin <laughs> there's no plan there's no <laughs> We're plan just at keeping all. him there like fucking like uh trying to keep up like uh some mythical monster chained up in like the bottom of the <laughs> sea <laughs> we gotta send him to like skinwalker ranch one day bro just to like uh, take a picture for us it's gonna be at the gate i made it <laughs> yeah. kevin if you're listening if you're down let us know just gonna actually don't even like just go to skinwalker ranch take a couple photos take some selfies and just yeah. let us know what you find yeah we'll send you some stickers probably post one over there there's gonna be like a skinwalker doing like the bunny ear thing behind <laughs> him. it's gonna be a dog dude yeah a dog on two legs giving him the bunny ears <laughs> mothman and the jersey devil just make a pot like a cameo it's going to be the meme, the me and the boys meme, the Spider-Man one. Oh. It's going to be that, but it's just going to be with Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's the Green Goblin. Yeah. So, not to deviate too much, Zeus, tell us your story. 
I lied. You can go first. No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a um, little bit of context behind this. My friend Erin, she listens to this podcast too. And she posted just the, the screenshot of the, the article that I'm about to read. And I was just laughing and she sent it to me because mm-hmm. I, I reacted to her story. And I was like, I, I have to read this. Shout out to Aaron. It's just so funny. Uh, so this is half a Zeus, half a listener story then. <laughs> and half an article. NASA has hired a priest to prepare humans for aliens. I've read this article. <laughs> no, I've read the headline. I've never read the article. Let's but go. That shit made me laugh because I was. I replied to her. I'm like, how the fuck are they gonna do that? <laughs> Maybe my ans- my question will be answered finally. Clarity. Is Jesus a name? NASA has hired a priest to prepare human beings for alien encounters, according to a report in the Mirror. Reverend Dr. Andrew Dav- Davison, a British priest and theologist said the prospect for finding life on another planet is becoming ever more real. The reverend, who is a theologian at Cambridge University and has a degree in biochemistry, has been working with NASA. He is also set to release his book next year. He was one of 24 religious experts who took part in in a NASA-sponsored program at the Center for Theological Inquiry at Princeton University in New Jersey to assess how religions would react to news that life exists on worlds beyond our own, the report said. Just the based on the, like, the title alone, I just thought it was the one. But when they were like, oh, yeah, he was one of 24. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, dude, that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's also the impression I got. I was like, damn, they they gave this man a whole department, a that's whole what, position. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, dude, he has a lot of work cut out for him. <laughs> the CEO of religion now. <laughs> <laughs> in his book astrobiology and christian doctrine dr andrew asked the question is there life anywhere else in the universe will the discovery of new life outside earth change the origin theories found in all religions how will the discovery affect the belief system of religious people across the world according to Technotrends, nasa is enlisting the help of 24 theologians as part of a plan to determine how different religions around the world would react to the news of extraterrestrial life. Consider the implications of applying the tools of late 20th and early 21st century science to questions that had been considered in religious traditions for hundreds or thousands of years, said Carl Pilcher, former head of NASA's Astrobiology Institute. NASA's James Webb Space Telescope, built to give the world its first glimpse of the universe as it existed when the earliest galaxies formed, was launched by rocket yesterday. NASA Administrator Bill Nielsen striking a spiritual tone as he addressed the launch webcast by video link, quoted the Bible and hailed a new telescope as a time machine that will capture the light from the very beginning of, cre- of the creation. Webb's instruments make it ideal to search for evidence of potential life-supporting atmospheres around scores of newly documented exoplanets, celestial bodies orbiting distant stars, and to observe worlds much closer to home, such as Mars and Saturn's icy moon Titan. Those pictures are beautiful. Have yeah. you seen them? Nah. They're fucking amazing. There's uh oh, there's a great like uh there's a great Instagram post. I probably have it saved, I'll probably share it. Where it's like it shows the the picture that uh the Hub uh Hubble telescope yeah. took like twenty years ago, and then it shows the exact same picture but from the new James Webb uh telescope. And 
it's Nine it's mind blowing. So we all grew up in like the late nineties, two thousands. So we went to elementary school around the same time, roughly. Yeah. So every image you have in your head when you think of space, all those beautiful, like colorful images, that all comes from the Hubble telescope. Yeah. Those things are iconic, like the the pictures of Earth, the picture of like the Milky Way galaxy, the the pillars of creation, all that shit. Yeah. It's beautiful. But seeing that in like 4K now and you see shit that wasn't that you didn't see back then, it's amazing. It's uh I forget what like galaxy or nebula there was like there was supposed to be one giant like star in the middle. Yeah. But because of James Webb, we found out that there's two. Oh shit. Instead, but the camera was so bad before you could only see one source of light. <laughs> Now, like, the detail is amazing. Yeah, James Webb. It it happened this year, right? Didn't it happen, like, last month or something? Yeah, it did. Very recent, yeah. The the pictures have been pretty cool. Have you seen the, the picture that they took? It's, like, I forgot what year it was, but they took a picture of a black hole. That was last year Actually. or 2020? Did you guys see that... Uh, they got like an audio recording. I was actually about to bring that up right now. They really? got an audio recording of the yeah. black hole. Oh, I haven't heard this. Let me see if I can prop it up. It sounds really cool. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, it sounds like like a lot of souls, basically. Oh, it does. It, it sounds kind of terrifying. But I'm actually glad you brought it up because I was actually searching for it because I wanted to bring it up. I was like, oh, shit, you know, kind of in recent space news, we actually have like a black hole sound. Well, that's it for tonight, boys, for the Cryptic Coffee Podcast. <laughs> Dude, I am terrified. That is terrifying, isn't that it? That is not a pleasant sound. Oh, that is I'm, horrible. I'm really glad because I, I started pulling it up. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, being which I wanted like, to sh- talk about this because it's actually recent. This is from three days. Well, as of us recording, this is from three days ago. Whenever mm-hmm. this podcast goes up, it'll probably be like, you know, later on. But yeah, this that shit was terrifying as fuck that is horrible sound it literally does sound like souls yeah if if you told me this is what a thousand a million souls no, sound if like you told me that's what hell sounds like i'd be like no that sounds like no, hell. That, 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 i believe you it sounds like warhammer 40k <laughs> in, a, in a weird way i, I kind of like that sound <laughs> like <sighs> in, a, in a weird way it's, that's what i'm afraid it sounds of cool i'm afraid of being in a point where i'm like i'm about to die yeah. and in my last few moments of consciousness i hear that and somehow my brain convinces me like this is relaxing <laughs> this is nice. have y'all heard like those the- stories of people who almost drown they say that like right before they pass out like the last few moments their brain somehow makes them think i like this yeah i'm like nice. it's just uh at the- least uh it, they go in a relaxing way yeah i think it's like hardwired where like your brain like when it finds out that it's too late and it gives up it just makes tries to nullify all the pain and it just a lot of people who like have near death experiences they just say that there's an overwhelming calmness at the very last few moments where like they're in all, they're in full peace i'm afraid of listening to that and be like yeah i want to <laughs> the, go there <laughs> the the meme of the the dog in the burning room this is fine this is fine <laughs> <laughs> the scariest part about that is that that's real that, that audio? Yeah, that was recorded. Uh, did you guys ever... This was a very popular thing back in the internet in like the old days, like 2008, 2009, 
where there was the myth that, oh, scientists in Russia built a hole all the way to the center of the earth. Yeah. And they put a recorder down there and they heard like souls and like apparently they found hell. It was all fake. But that that was one of the things that like kept me like traumatized for a while. I'm like, I heard that recording and you could hear like people screaming. Obviously, it's fake now knowing. But that black hole's worse. Yeah. It sounds worse. And that one's actually real. Actually, a story I kind of want to bring in one of these days is actually kind of something similar to that, which was Hoska Castle, I believe it's called, mm-hmm. where um, the castle is built with the cantons and everything facing inwards towards the hole. Oh, God. Because uh, they feel, they think that they, it's actually like a portal to hell. Stories of people were like kind of dropped down uh, for like a couple minutes and they come up aged 30 years because of their, like, their hair white now because they just... They feel like they were sent into hell for, for decades, but it's only been like three minutes. Damn. Interstellar happened back in the day as well. <laughs> <laughs> Event Horizon. Matthew McConaughey's been here since the 1400s. All right, all right, all right, my lady. <laughs> so I have an alien story. Mine is actually one of the most famous alien encounters of the 90s. Now, when you think of the 90s, a lot of stuff happened, but not like... When you think of alien encounters, you're thinking 1950s, 1960s. You're thinking Betty and Barney Hill. You're thinking uh, pretty New Mexico. Back. Yeah. So the fact that this happened in the 90s, shit. She. Shit. Oh, I forgot. I was going to say this, but I didn't want to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, About the black hole uh, audio clip. I saw it on Instagram, but I didn't click the button to like actually play the audio because i thought it was just going to be like some person making a meme <laughs> yeah because every time i would like it something would be like oh look like listen to this and it would just be that audio of the guy like i guess like the voicemail uh clip where he's like i'm out here just stroking my dick right now <laughs> like <laughs> I, that was just like you're not gonna give me this time instagram <laughs> <laughs> or it's just a girl moaning yeah well back to the story i brought the story about the aerial school UFO incident. This one's a very popular one if you're into UFOs or aliens. Uh, this is already ringing a couple ears for yep. the listeners. I love this story. It's you're gonna. It's gonna be similar to John Hodges' mm-hmm. uh, Space Brains. This, the message is similar, yeah. but just the fact that this happened in the '90s is what like baffles me. So this all took place on September 16th. 1994, so about two years before I was born. Yeah. There was a UFO sighting outside Ruwa, Zimbabwe. 62 students at the aerial school aged between 6 and 12 claimed that they saw one or more silver craft descend from the sky and land on a field near their school. One or more creatures dressed in all black then approached the children and telepathically communicated to them a message with an enver- environmental theme. Basically, little men in black suits came out and said, protect your planet. <laughs> reduce, reuse, recycle, kids. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm so mad. Fuck because, you, that was good. I'm so mad because it was exactly around the time where that phrase was, like, popular. Fuck you, Zeus. <laughs> the 14 writer, Jeremy Clark, has called the incident the most remarkable close encounter of the third kind of the 1990s. I agree. Skeptic, skeptics have described the incident as one of mass hysteria. That one's kind of hard to do because it is 62 people. 
Yeah. Although we should get into a mass hysteria one day. There is some inter- interesting cases. Look, whenever y'all want to bring the dancing plague back, let the me dancing know. plague, yes. I tried my hardest to ignore that, but then I, I just could I just had to look at Zeus like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna clip I, that noise. I, I I really like the Dancy Plague story because there's so many different ones. Yeah. <laughs> Not all children at the school that day claimed that they saw something. Several of those that did maintain that their their account of the incident is true. So to this day, most of the kids are like, "This actually happened," and that's another part of the reason why I like this case. They haven't changed the story by much. No, they're they're fucking kids. Yeah, they're they're our age at this point. Yeah. Hell, I'm older than one of them. Really? I'm like, because oh, I was born in 83, so I'm yeah. older than the majority of them. No, but they were in... No, no, you're right, you're right, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, they were For like... some reason, I think they are born in 94. Because <laughs> you said, you know, you brought up the one or two years before I was born. That's what stuck in my mind. Jose out here thinking they send in toddlers <laughs> and newborns to school. <laughs> and then those newborns were like, yo, we saw aliens. <laughs> no, yeah, because the, the connection between born and the 94, I was like, yeah. oh, okay. But no, yeah. But um, still, they are like yeah. average age. These they, people are alive. These are slightly older than us. Yeah. Rua is a small agricultural center located 22 kilometers southeast of the capital, Harare. I don't know how to pronounce that. I am sorry, Zimbabwe. At the time of the incident, it was not a town but only a local place name, little more than a crossroads in an agricultural region. Aerial School was an expensive private school. Most of the pupils were from from wealthy white families in Harare. Two days prior to the incident at Ariel, there had been a number of UFO sightings throughout southern Africa. There had been numerous reports of a bright fireball passing through the sky at night. Many people answered a ZBC radio's request to call in and describe what they had seen. Imagine African uh, Art Bell just like, no, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Although some witnesses interpreted the fireball as a comet or meteor, it resulted in a wave of UFO mania in Zimbabwe at the time. According to skeptic Brian Dunning, the fireball had been the re-entry of the Zenit-2 rocket from the Cosmos 2290 satellite launch. The booster broke up into burning streaks as it moved silently across the sky, giving an impressive light show to millions of Africans. Local UFO researcher Cynthia Hind recorded other alien sightings at the time, including a daylight sighting by a young boy and his mother, a report of alien beings on road and a report of alien beings on a road by a trucker. So, yeah. Apparently there's a flap in Africa during 1994. A lot of people. It's not just this incident. It's throughout all southern Africa. South Africa, Zimbabwe. This leads us to the school, which is the apex of everything. Apex? <laughs> I gotta go home. Triggered <laughs> Zeus. Jose <laughs> really like that one. Yeah, he <laughs> Right you now. got him a little too good on that one. <laughs> the sightings at Ariel occurred at 10 a.m. on September 16, 1994, when pupils were outside on a mid-morning break. The adult faculty at the school were inside having a meeting at the time. The entire incident lasted about 15 minutes. When the children <laughs> returned to class, they told the teachers what they had seen, but they were dismissed. <laughs> Why are you guys holding hands? I'm scared. <laughs> When they returned home, they told their parents. Many of those parents came to the school the next day to discuss what had happened uh, with the faculty. 
The sighting was reported on ZBC Radio, a.k.a. African Coast to Coast. <laughs> from where... <laughs> from where Cynthia Hind learned about it. Hind visited the school the next day. She interviewed the children and asked them to draw pictures of what they had seen. She reported that the children all told her the same story. The BBC's correspondent in Zimbabwe, Tim Leach, visited the school on September 19th, just a few days later, to film interviews with the pupils, staff, and Hind. Okay, can I mention this real quick? Something I know people do, right, when they tell stories like this, as they exaggerate because they're like, oh, this person is a movie, so I'm going to just say it was scarier than what I saw. Yeah. These kids were just straight up like, no, no, this is what we saw. Yeah. This is it. Like, we saw what we saw, and this is it. There was, like, nothing more. There was no extravagant features. It's exactly what we saw. Yeah, Hind uh, interviewed all of them separately. Yeah. Consistent story. Nothing over the top. Literally, what it says happened, everyone says. There was a couple crafts. They landed, like, just outside the playground, and a couple beings came out and just stared at the kids. But everyone heard a message in, like, unison about yeah. uh, saving the planet, stop killing the trees, and uh, don't go to war. Which is something that happened to John Hodges with the space brains. It's, I think there's, like, one more case that I know about where this happens, but it is now oh. a trope. You know, um, I might have that case because as soon as you said it, same exact message. Oh, really? In your story? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's like a trope. Like, aliens come and it kind of pisses me off because if you're, if I think they're trolling, honestly. I think they're genuinely trolling. They're like, they come, they find, they pick up a fucking random farmer in uh, Nebraska and be like, you have to stop killing the planet. <laughs> and the farmer, <laughs> farmer's like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Y- y'all met Jeff Bezos? <laughs> just fucking... Boy, what the hell? <laughs> like, bro, I just grow grain. What the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> I have two cows. Please. <laughs> just go, go send him to Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. Same thing. They went to fucking John Hodges, some random California kid in San Pedro. This motherfucker was just probably smoking weed, living his best life. Yeah, he's the savior to the earth to stop the fucking nuclear war that's about to happen. And then here, you know what? Let's let's send more ships. All right, you know what? Though? The thing with the kids is most likely they'll grow up and be like, hey, you know what? I got this alien encounter. They told us to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just protect the planet as best I can. That one is a good theory that actually was brought up by none other than one of my heroes, Rob Morphy. Hey. He said that the ch- the idea of targeting children maybe they know that one of these children or some of these children might grow up to be, like, important people in the future. And if, like, they embed the idea early in them, then it'll, like, uh, it'll blossom into something when they're adults and have power. Yeah. And hopefully that was their plan. But still kind of a edgy plan. Now the idea of, like, aliens targeting specifically children kind of terrifies oh, me even more. Oh, that's scary as fuck. That's even more terrifying in some way. Why didn't I get picked? <laughs> You got picked before... You, uh, shut up. You got picked by the Virgin of Guadalupe. Yeah, I was, was going to say you got picked, but it wasn't by an alien. <laughs> you had your chance, Jose. It was under a different circumstance. You had your chance and you squandered it. Squandered, bro. It was a fucking ceramic statue. <laughs> what the fuck am I... Try like this. If you see the crying Virgin Mary, are you going to sit there or are you going to fucking walk away? I'd walk away. I'd cry with her. <laughs> I'm going to no, die. The bleeding one. Sorry. If fucking, the, the one that, that cries blood. Yeah. yeah if it would be I'd like, oh away. my God, dear God, no. 
I'd be having an ex- existential crisis right in front of her. I'd be hearing the black hole sound. I'd be like, this is nice. <laughs> I'm going to go with her now. So, uh, BBC representative Tim Leach went, visited on September 19th to film interviews with the pupil staff in Hind. After investigating this incident, Leach claimed, I could handle war zones, but I could not handle this. This is a BBC reporter saying this. Like, if you don't know about the BBC, back in the 90s, to this day, it's one of the, like, the most reputable fucking uh, news sources in the world. I put that on top of like the New York Times. BBC is like one of the base, like global uh, networks that's out there. It's, it's a household name, even yeah. if, you know, here in America. It doesn't have much of an influence here in America, but that's just because it's America. Yeah. As soon as you step outside, even, like I said, even in Mexico, people know about the BBC. That is a trustworthy news site. Africa, for sure, there's BBC all over the place and probably all over Asia as well. If you were colonized, you have the BBC. If you were colonized, you know what the BBC is. <laughs> kind of explains why I like Doctor Who so much. Anyways, <laughs> according to the interviews of Hein Leach, 62 children between the ages of 6 and 12 claim to have seen at least one UFO. Not all of the children at the school claimed the sighting. The basic details of the sighting were quite consistent, although not all details were. One or more silver objects, objects, usually described as discs, appeared in the sky. They then floated down to a field of brush and small trees just outside the school property. Between one and four creatures with big eyes, dressed in all black, exited the craft and approached the children. At this point, many of the children ran. Smart kids. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) I would have been one of them. But some, mostly older pupils, stayed and watched the approach. According to the interviews, the creature or creatures then telepathically communicated to the children an environmental message before returning to the craft and flying away. According to Dunning, this telepathic message aspect of the story was not included in Hind or Leach's report. Only in, only Max. So I skipped over a guy. There's another guy that... There was three people that did uh, reporting here. Yeah. It was it was Hind, uh, the lady that heard it through the radio, Leach, the BBC representative, and Mac. He was a, a Harvard uh, uh, like uh, guy, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I skipped over Mac because there was a whole fucking paragraph about Harvard that had nothing to do with the story. It was mostly about Mac's bestseller on the New York Times. I'm getting this off of Wikipedia. It kind of feels like a sellout. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like a plug, so that's why I try to skip over Mac. But Homeboy came in there and just edited the page himself. I bet Mac himself wrote this part. <laughs> just wait for that Smoldy Butler Wikipedia page. Oh, shit. So, yeah, the whole environmental uh, message, it wasn't in the first few interviews, but when Mac got there... Apparently, that's what was added. So, that one might be questionable. Maybe that one was a little bit fictionalized. Well, the thing is, like we kind of say, um, it's actually kind of become a trope. Yeah. And um, I'll get to it in my story as well, where it actually the same message. I don't think aliens are that peaceful, I'll be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, I know uh, Stephen Hawking was just like, if there are aliens out there, we don't want them to find us. Yeah. We are going to get fucked if they do. The same way when Columbus met uh, the new uh, new world. Yeah. The Didn't... same thing is, you know, I don't know. I am I believe in altruism. Fuck it. Even space. Yeah. Maybe some of them are like, hey, you know what? You guys are another life force. You guys are another fucking life. Most likely you don't want to lose that. And that's it. 
Yeah. My my fear is that it's like us. Yeah. Which is a very humanistic thing to do. Oh, let's just compare everything and put us up there. Like, make it seem like they're human. Yeah. But here we have a bunch of countries. Some are peaceful. Some are very advanced. Some are less advanced. Some are fully, fully, like, great communities with great, like, systems, great economies. Some are literally some of the worst places on earth that you could imagine. Why is there fireworks in August? Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I fear that's what aliens might be like as well. There might be some good aliens with great like morals or like ideas of how life should be. And then there's conquering aliens that just need resources and yeah. would destroy Earth for fucking water or something. And I, they don't care about us. I feel like it's... Because um, a lot of times you hear when you hear about alien uh, cultures... A lot of times it's just like, oh, you know, they're all, you know, bound. Like, they're, they're all unified. Yeah. They're just like, okay, we, we've we've evolved from such, you know, from war and stuff like that. And that's what I kind of feel like the ones that visit us. Because a lot of times you hear these messages of, we come in peace. Yeah. And just stop fucking up your planet. One of the audio recordings, I I'm, think it's been proven fake by now. But it was one from this, like, I remember when I was a kid, I heard this thing. And it scared the shit out of me. Oh, the alien that has a message for the U.S.? Yeah, the the Galactic Force one. Yeah, where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I forgot all about that one. Yeah, it was like, protect your planet, stop fucking it up. And it was just like that. That shit fucked me. I think it's improving false by now? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, but still, same thing, where it's just like, hey, yo, goddamn, maybe we should fucking listen. Although, to be fair, fake or not, or real or not, with aliens, I think it's still a good message. No, yeah, don't right? get me wrong, it is. Even if aliens are fake... Listen to their message. Look, aliens, if you somehow get this, <laughs> don't, don't go to some guy in fucking Nebraska. Go to Jeff Bezos. Go to Dark Brandon. He's literally on the White House. Yo, yo, Dark Brandon right now is on, on fire. Go to Dark Brandon and like, get him to sign some shit. Dark Brandon will sign an international intergalactic treaty with y'all, all right? Don't go to Putin. <laughs> He'll probably shoot you. Don't. No, nah, I'm not going to no. go to CCP. <laughs> <laughs> In the interviews, one fifth grader tells how he was warned about something that's going to happen. Another trope. Something's always going to happen. And that pollution mustn't be. An 11-year-old girl told Mac, I think they want people to know that we're actually making harm on this world. And we mustn't get too, uh, technologed? Technologed? One child said that he was told that the world would end because they are not taking care of the planet. The children were adamant that they had not seen a plane. Hine noted that the different cultural background of the children gave rise to different interpretations of the of what they had seen, and that they did not all believe that they had seen extraterrestrials. So some people didn't even believe that they were aliens. They saw these creatures, and they admitted that they saw them, but they, they didn't think it was aliens. And apparently the message was different. If you notice, like, between the kids that, like, were giving their statements... It's a different message for each one. Yeah. But it was one event. So they all like telepathically sent one message, dipped, but that message was different for every single person, which I think is pretty cool. She noted that some of the children thought the short little beings were Tikaloshis, creatures of the Shona and Endembele folklore. Have you all heard of the Tikaloshi? No. I think so. We're going to get into that. That's a cryptid right there. <laughs> it's... It's like a little dwarf, uh, African dwarf. Uh, apparently, <laughs> I'm not being hyperbole when I say this. Africa had a, a large flap where they were being terrorized by dwarves and like goblins. 
like they were literally going into the villages, fucking the women, and like stealing money. Jesus. <laughs> uh, maybe next episode, maybe a few episodes down the line. But I'll tell you about the fucking hauntings of the goblins that terrorized Africa. <laughs> Holy like, fuck! I can't wait to hear about it. Then <laughs> they thought they was t- they thought it was them. <laughs> they saw these aliens and were like, "That's the goblins we heard about." <laughs> but yeah, some aliens dropped on uh, a random school in Africa, gave an ethereal message about conservation in 1994, which is pretty progressive, I'd say. Yeah, 1994 was a while ago, and they're over here spouting about climate change and stuff like that. Good on you, progressive aliens. They did it before it became a, a trend. Right? They did it before, uh, what's his name? Al Gore. Damn, trendsetters. <sighs> the fact that that message still applies to this day is kind of sad, isn't it? Yep. It's 2022, and we're still not really like, man, we, they should land again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mad as fuck this time. Like, you didn't fucking listen. It's like, yeah, we haven't been doing that well on uh, recycling. Nah, we just gave a couple fucking non-bid contracts to Boeing. <laughs> so, yeah. I actually heard that story recently. Uh, again, when I was listening through the Supernatural mm-hmm. with uh, Ashley Flowers. I told you I started listening to it. And that's actually where I heard my story. But before that, I actually heard the Zimbabwe story. And I was like, yeah, we're really going through this shit. Speaking of Ashley Flowers, she has a book that she just came out with. New York bestseller. Congrats to her. She's an... She's another person that I like. Her and Rob Morphy have shaped my whole, like, podcasting, like, uh, not career, but, like, motivation. Yeah. When I started this, those are, like, the two people that I, like, look up to the most. Rob Morphy and Ashley Flowers. Congrats, girl. I'm happy for you. <laughs> so, that being said, 20 years prior to your story. Oh, God. Takes, pl- uh, takes place mine in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Oh shit! If I this, don't want to be in Mississippi in the seventies, Jose. Uh, I was trying to see if this. <laughs> I was trying to see if this sounds familiar to you. No, because this is when I figured uh, you might know my story. So in October, uh, on October eleventh, in nineteen seventy-three, Charlie Hickson, age forty-three, and one of his close, close family friends, Calvin Parker, who was age nineteen, the two went fishing. You know, after work in the Pascagoula River. So they actually went. So I kind of omitted this from my notes, but I kind of feel like it's important. They went to a couple spots, but they didn't get any. They eventually found this one spot that was kind of closed off. And, you know, they're like, you know, do no trespassing by law. Mm-hmm. So they're, I guess you could say, illegally fishing in this one spot. Nothing's illegal in Mississippi. <laughs> so this right here is from Parker's uh, side of the story. So while fishing, Parker, uh, Parker, uh, Calvin Parker recalls, I distinctly remember I was looking at a boat across. And it was an old boat that they do weather with. And it was made of steel. And I was thinking to myself. How does something made out of steel float? But that... I've had that thought more than once. <laughs> Looking at the Queen Mary. Buoyancy, brothers. <laughs> Either that or just like with anything in general. I'll just see a plane going by. I'm like, how the fuck is that flying? Or just, <laughs> how do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, they saw blue hazy lights coming from behind it. And Calvin gets scared. He's like, hey, you fucking lied to me. These are the police. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> But Charlie's like, I've been fishing here before. Nothing's bad's ever happened. Yeah. But of course, you know, Calvin's freaking out. They stand up trying to greet, trying to greet the police, but instead of a uh, you know police, they see a uh, they see a long uh, ovular craft floating two feet off the ground, emitting a blindly blue uh, blue light or a bright light. So they just see this like craft coming towards them, just fucking blight blinding them. As they kind of like you know, as it gets closer and closer, they see like the lights coming from, coming from some doors. 
and the doors open up, and three bulky figures that are described as five foot tall with like loose gray skin. Uh, some reports, and I saw from uh, Supernatural Thatchy Flowers, they kind of like compare it to elephant skin. So kind of like loose, you know, loose gray uh, skin. Some human features, a sharp spike for a nose and ears, hmm. and uh, eyes and mouth that look like slits. And their hands were fucking like lobster claws, pincers. Oh, God. Fucking uh, Zoidberg. These are <laughs> the platypus of space. Yeah, that too. Shit. Yeah. They also have legs, but they also kind of notice that they're not walking on their legs. They're floating. Oh, Same shit. as a crap. They're floating towards them. One of them grabs Calvin and two of them go for Charlie. Calvin remembers like as soon as they grab, like one of them grabs with his pincer, he feels like this really sharp pain for a second and then just kind of fades and blacks out. And for... He claimed at this point for the majority of his uh, abduction, he was blacked out. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, Charlie tries to fight back, but he still gets taken. So this point comes from Charlie. Uh, he claims that something came out of the walls when he was in there, kind of like a big eye. And to quote, it came from up in front of me. It went under me and it came back from my side, up my backside. The next time I saw it, it came over my head in front of me. Then they turned me around and turned me right back out where they picked me up. So at that point, his his whole alien abduction is that he was on a table. This eye came out of the ceiling and it kind of just scanned him. Oh, and then he was kind of just taken back outside. It sounds like a nightmare. Same as Calvin, where or like Calvin was blacked out, but when Charlie Charlie didn't black out, he remembers the whole thing. Yeah. And next thing he knows, you know, they're they're in there. He feels um, some reports say it was like about thirty minutes. He was scanned, and then thirty minutes later, he just he's right back outside, standing there with Calvin. A giant eye. That's so creepy. We have space brains. Now we have space eyes. Yeah. We're slowly building the body. It's like Exodia. (laughs) Yeah. He said that while he was doing that, while he was on that table, he tried to scream for Calvin, trying to make sure he's okay, but nothing came out. So he was most likely paralyzed. Mm -hmm. After that, they see the ship zip away and fly. And Charlie says he hears a voice on his head saying, we are peaceful. We mean you no harm. After they fucking kidnapped them. <laughs> Scared the shit out of you, too. After they committed a level three felony. <laughs> For real. We are peaceful. So they decide, we're not going to tell people, because no one's going to fucking believe us. Mm-hmm. But then they, you know, they drink, they drink some whiskey and decide, you know what? Maybe we should tell people. <laughs> it had to be Mississippi. <laughs> so the thing is, they're not drunk. Yeah. They just take a couple shots. Liquid they're, courage. They're, yeah, they're not drunk. It's exactly liquid courage. They're like, you know what? Maybe we should tell people. And they do actually pass a sobriety test. Oh, when shit. They go to the, so they go to the police. And they pass a sobriety test. Uh, test. They kind of see that the police don't care, and then they go to the Air Force. They don't give a shit either, because uh, it's mentioned that. Up. Yeah, it's mentioned that at this point, uh, Blue Book is done. Project Blue Book. Yeah, it's gone. It's done. So they don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, they're not taking. It. Although I don't know, was it gone though? Is it done though? Who knows? We'll get into that. Charlie also uh, says that he actually did try to talk to a commander, and he's like, "Please don't laugh." The commander is like, "I promise you, I won't." I was abducted by aliens. And the commander immediately starts fucking laughing his oh, ass so off. That's so <laughs> He's laughing his ass off. That's so fucked up. Soon, don't laugh. As soon as you hear someone go, okay, I'm not going to laugh. You already know they're going to laugh. Because the guy's like, I promise you, I won't laugh. The guy's just like, that's serious. Like, I promise you, I'm not going to laugh. I was abducted by aliens. <laughs> and just immediately like starts dying. It's like comical too. They're pointing at him and everything. Yeah. You know what you should have done, Charlie? There's a nice man by the name of J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> he works somewhere in Washington, D.C. around that time frame. You should have got to him. So Charlie takes some uh, lie detector tests, the polygraphs and stuff like that, and he passes. And um, so 
let me take this moment right here because uh, this is when they're back at the police station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't find the exact audio of it, but there is actually audio that came out a couple years ago. Of what? While they were in holding, waiting to tell their story, these guys were talking. So Calvin and Charlie were talking to each other. And instead of like trying to align their story together, like, oh, you know, this is what this will happen. They didn't know that there was that they were being recorded. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that they were scared. They were horrified. Something had just happened to them. They don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And, you know, Charlie's trying to, like, I guess, tell, you know, it's, re- it's reassurance that, hey, something did actually fucking happen to us. So let me see if this is the audio because, I don't know, I couldn't find the audio. Like, I know the, uh, the audio is public. Yeah. But it was kind of hard for me to find this. If not, I'll add it here. We've seen it. So, at this point, they uh, so right there, right before that, they were. I don't know if you can't really tell because it's it's old ass audio. It is very grainy and noisy. Yeah. 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 Um, they were with the uh, police chief, I believe. And now, from this point forward, they are left alone. does sound like it doesn't sound like two people trying to get their story straight it sounds like two people venting yeah. i don't know if you heard i'm gonna try to like clean up the audio in editing but it it completely sounds like just two guys venting they're like i've been through enough bro now i have to go through this shit yeah it sounds it doesn't sound like uh two people that are trying to like uh outsmart the police it sounds like two people that are going yeah. through some shit and all they have is each other at this point there's a couple more minutes to the audio, but I guess I can leave it there for right now because mm-hmm. it's not really important. But the, the point is that they were actually, you know, being recorded without no, uh, instead of like, because, you know, you think like, all right, well, so the aliens are like this, right? Instead of them trying to like get their story straight, they're just yeah. like, what the fuck? You know, like we just been through so much shit right now. Yeah, they're, they're basically like, can you, bef- can you believe this, man? They're That's basically like, uh, what they're trying to like relive it like in their head yeah this was a this was a couple hours after it happened like maybe not even a couple hours maybe like an hour or so after because they went directly to the police yeah okay so that right there was like a little snippet of the audio hopefully you can ever clean it up because you can you can kind of make it out here and there yeah but you can hear them being like i heard some parts yeah. yeah plus it was the 70s right yeah you said it was 20 years ago from 73 73 so yeah recording isn't that 
much of a known thing. Yeah. People don't know that, like, oh, this room is bugged. Now, if people get, like, interrogated, you know for sure everything you're doing is being watched by a camera yeah. or by a microphone. Not in the 70s. So, if they thought they were alone, they probably would have been like, okay, let's get our shit straight. Keep in mind, too, they didn't know until, like, a couple years ago. So, this this audio was... Um, oh, this was, audio is recent? Yeah, it was released a couple years ago. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't remember if they actually knew, but like, I don't think they knew. Uh, I kind of forgot. I, it's, it's in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I know for sure that this whole audio is it's brand new to us. Okay. So after taking a polygraph test, the guy kind of determined that they, be- like, you know, Charlie believes he was abducted. Calvin said he was blacked out the whole thing. So, you know, there's not really much on him at that point. But, you know, Charlie kind of takes what happened and he says, you know what? Maybe I was chosen. I don't know what it was that chose me, but something or other has chosen me. And he goes, he proceeds to talk to everyone. Anyone who like will talk to him or listen to him, he talks to them. He listens. Like, you know, he says, this is my story. This is what happened. And, you know, he actually does end up on a couple TV shows, such as, you know, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. He ends up getting interviewed by local news stations. He gets flooded with calls. He ends up on on the Rolling Stones. He ends up on African Coast to Coast. <laughs> <laughs> he gets he gets called up by the L.A. Times too, and they fucking like do a story on him. Oh yeah, he's alien mania yeah. in the seventies. Yeah, they were eating this shit up. Yeah, too. he was out there completely telling a story, but Calvin on the other hand kind of decides I don't want any part of this. Mm. So he t- he sticks to a story that he blacked out and just goes into hiding. Oh, he starts saying it. Oh damn, he's starting to reject it. No, nah, he doesn't reject it. He's just like, I blacked out. That's mm. my side. He doesn't reject that it happened. He just says, I blacked out. Okay. And that's his side of the story. There's, there's not really much else he could say. <laughs> yeah. And so his life kind of turns into like a, it kind of turns into a living hell. Because he actually has to move. He moves away, but he's always recognized. So he gets kind of like, he gets hit up. He's like, he go, he'll, he'll go to work. Someone's like, hey, weren't you abducted by aliens? And he just immediately uh, fires. Yeah. He, he, he quits. He gets fired because people don't leave him alone. So that's what happens to him. He's just like trying to live his normal ass life. And it's not like people weren't judgmental back then. <laughs> exactly. He just was never left alone. So he just kept moving from place to place, job to job, because he, he just couldn't. So a few months after uh, this whole thing happened, Charlie was taking a hike. When he kind of noticed, I'm kind of alone right now. There's no humans. There's no animals. That one kind of hit close to home. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> 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 well, yeah, he kind of realized I'm alone. He didn't see anyone or anything. No life. Yeah. Except for that same fucking ship floating right above him. No fucking way. <laughs> and once again, the voice the voice pops in his head again. We mean you no harm. We mean no one any harm. You may communicate with us later. You have endured. You have been chosen. There is no need for fear. We will communicate again. And then he's just like, holy fuck, I was chosen. So he runs home, tells his wife, and tells his kids, I'm him. I was chosen by aliens. And he's like, he's on top of the world. Yeah. Calvin, or Calvin, obviously, is just like, please leave me alone. On the other fucking side Charlie of the Charlie is just like, brother. Charlie definitely embraced it. He did. While Charlie's over here uh, talking to Johnny Carson, Calvin's over here being bullied by his coworkers. Like, I don't know if it was bullying. Just being like, were you really abducted? Like, yeah. That kind of stuff. But Bothered. Know, yeah. So... A month later, in February of 1974, he gets another message. And this time it's more of a mission. You must tell the world that we mean no harm. Your world needs help. We will help you in the future before it's too late. 
You are not prepared to understand yet. We, we will return again soon. This guy's the main character. He, he has plot armor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, once again, you know, the whole your world needs help. Yeah. And he doesn't understand it. Like they said, he doesn't understand at this point. But, yeah, from this point forward, he lives his life up until the moment he died in 2011. Just completely telling him, we're not alone in the universe. Aliens want to help us. They're, they're friendly. And that, that becomes his life mission. Mm-hmm. It's just to tell people. We're not alone. Aliens mean us no harm. And that's what he does until he dies. So a couple months after that, in May 12th of 1974, Charlie and his family are going to his parents' farm. And they're packed in a van. There's a shit ton of people there. They're packed. And then... <laughs> Holy shit. That's a big firework. <laughs> so someone notices a light fly towards in front of them. And well, as soon as, like, you know, then... Like, just to see a light flying forward. And then they kind of start to realize, that's not just, that's not just any light. It's another ship. It's a bigger one than the one Charlie had seen before. Maybe about 100 feet long with a roll of windows on the side. Everyone is fucking panicking and scared. Except for Charlie. Charlie's like... Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know like, what's going on. This like, is fine. He's like, trust me. I, I, I've, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. <laughs> it's fine, guys. I'm chosen. It's fine. I'm the one. So his family's fucking panicking. And they're like, hey, Charlie, don't you fucking get out of this van. Don't you go anywhere. We, we got to keep going. Yeah. And that's when the voice speaks to them again. Go. There will be another time, another place. And then it just goes away. So I guess since the aliens say that we mean no harm, they probably noticed that the family was in distress. Yeah. And said, you know what? We'll choose another time and place. You're good, Charlie. Go home. We, I know we send telepathic messages, but we got the message. <laughs> now is not a good time. <laughs> After that, they never show up again. Oh, that's fucked up. Until the moment he dies, he wastes their message. But he's spreading the word. Yeah. We're not alone. They're friendly. They want to help us. They want to take care of us. He's spreading the good news. Yeah. And that just happened to be the last time he was contacted. So for the full 37 years, as long as he lives, right, he's just spreading his message. It kind of sucks too, man. Your fucking family fucked you up on that one. You got cock-blocked by your own family, bro. That could have been like the final one. That could have been like the ascension. <laughs> you could have like, I don't know, turned into something. Or, like, they could have showed you everything. They could. I feel like they would have just been like, oh, yeah, you want to come with us or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> One of us. <laughs> Every time it's been peaceful for good old Charlie. Yeah. He And to the point where he's leaned into it, he, like, accepts it. Yeah. He He likes the idea, I am the chosen one. Yeah. They're peaceful. There's nothing to worry about them. But to his family, they don't know. Like, they're scared of their fucking man. That's a UFO. That's a 100-foot-long UFO. I'd be scared as fuck as well. Yeah, dude. So, like, while Charlie's new to like, Charlie's not new to this. He's experienced before. His family's new to it. They're like, look, we thought you were crazy. We didn't know you were, like, fucking actually legit about this. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what happens to him. And now, after after Charlie dies, Calvin kind of comes out. And it turns out he lied. (gasps) Calvin didn't get, wasn't blacked out during the experience. Oh, he remembered. He was there. He was awake. And he was vivid. Everything that he remembers exactly what happened the the minute he was taken in. Calvin, you shouldn't have stayed quiet. He so the reason he said he blacked out was he wanted to be left alone. Yeah. He didn't want this to be his life experience of just ah, I was looked by aliens. Here's my story. He said he blacked out just so he would be left alone, which sadly didn't work out for him in his favor. Weird how like they took completely opposite uh, directions in this yeah. scenario. One was like, I just want to be left alone. I want to forget about it. I don't want people to remember. The other one was like, I'm the chosen one. <laughs> Two completely different people. Shit. Same coin, different sides. So, according to him, when he was on the ship, something came out kind of out of the ceiling, 
but it was kind of like a deck of cards that made clicking noises. It's kind of same surrounded his body. But to him, when he, when he like, so when he, as he's telling his story now, 45 years later, he's kind of like, you know, now that I think about it, it was kind of like an MRI. Oh. So, you know, back when I said, oh, you know, they were just doctors. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, so when I was doing the story, preparing the story, I was like, that's what I remembered as a kid, thinking as a kid, is that there were doctors. And him yeah. just like, you know, now that I think about what happened to me. That shit was a CT scan. <laughs> it was kind of like an MRI. So he was scared until a much smaller alien uh, walks into the room and kind of like he sees, he, he describes it as a her. This He says, you know, she was like a normal humanoid kind of alien. Only thing different was that she had two long middle fingers. But if I saw her at a bar, I'd probably ask her out. He said that? He said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, as soon as she comes in, she kind of cal- like, you know, he kind of starts to calm down a little bit. He was like, oh, okay, you know, this is something that looks like me. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, so according to him, she put her left hand on his jaw and opened his mouth. Then with her right hand, starts running, starts running down the, uh, her fingers through her, uh, down his throat. Oh. And she ended up scratching it really bad and started bleeding. Oh. But that's when she started backing up and kind of Charlie hears like, or uh, sorry, Calvin hears like, you know what? She looks like she didn't mean to harm me. She was, like, shocked. Yeah, she was like, oh, shit, my bad. She, you know. And then that was kind of what he remembers from his experience. After that, he, same thing. He just, he's outside the ship with uh, Charlie. They're seeing it go by. But uh, as far as I could tell, there was no voice messages towards him. Just Charlie. Yeah. In 2019, the town of, you know, Pascagoula did place a marker on the side of their abduction. And so now here's the thing, too. Um, That night... There were more reported UFO, like there weren't like reported reported, but there were UFO sightings. Hmm. But they weren't really reported because, according to people, and I guess this is why Charlie took that or Calvin took that route. We don't talk about those kind of things. You don't want to be the town pariah. So if you saw and that back then, if you saw a UFO, you were crazy. You kept your mouth shut because you didn't want people to thinking you were crazy. And that's why Calvin took that approach of I want to I I blacked out. That is understandable, but let me tell you why that's bullshit. People, you live in Mississippi. <laughs> all 49 other states think you're crazy already just by default <laughs> you don't have to be like we don't talk about that they'll think we're crazy <laughs> there are a few named uh, people who talked about the ufo they saw i didn't write down the names or anything like that because it wasn't like too relevant like, other than the fact that on that night there were reported ufo sightings yeah i didn't think it was too relevant to that but yeah the report was we don't talk about those kinds of things and that is a story of the pascagoula alien abduction I've never heard of this one. Yeah, this yeah. one kind of fucking. I got. I'll, I'll be honest. When they came back for Charlie, I had goosebumps when I was like fucking reading the story. When I was listening to the story, I was like, yeah. I legit got goosebumps, and that's why I, um, I kind of want to bring it in. That's why I brought the topic to you. It's like, hey, let's do a theme because the shit, uh, the question I asked last week. Yeah, I love the dynamic between Charlie and uh, and Calvin, like the duality of man. They both yeah. took completely different routes that both could have. Like, any one of us could have taken one of those two routes. Yeah. It was two stories in one. Yeah. That. Yeah. And lesson here that we all learned. Just don't go fishing. (laughs) In Mississippi. Just just stay home. Yeah. Just don't go fishing. Like, five years ago, Calvin would have just been like, like, the story would have been Calvin blacked out. Yeah. And that was it. Now it's just like, no, I I lied. I remember exactly what happened. I just wanted to be left alone. And the audio of them trying to calm each other down yeah. and talking about it and ranting about it in the police station, that also lends a lot of cred- credibility to the story. So, like, of course, they have detractors, right? Because uh, throughout throughout the the years, the kind of the story doesn't change, but the ship 
changes. Mm. But that's of course because you know it's as decades go by, you're like, you know what? Maybe I remember having this. Maybe I think it has this. Yeah. But ultimately, the story does not change. Uh, Charlie, at least up until he died, believed he was abducted. Believe this happened. Calvin believes it too, but now he's actually a lot more open about it. Where he's like, "Yeah, uh, uh, this like I lied. I I didn't black out. I saw something." And of course, people use that like, "Oh, well, why did you lie back then?" Obviously, because you want to be left the fuck alone. Because it was the fucking seventies, and people were uh, judgmental as fuck. Yeah, I wanted to be a normal person. There are lots of stories of people's lives being ruined. Yeah, by like sightings. I think. I don't know if it was the frog, the Loveland Frogman. Yeah. The guy that saw probably his life was ruined, I think. There's another, uh, there's another like cryptid of like, I think it's like the aluminum man. <laughs> Dude saw a man in full blown <laughs> aluminum, like looking like a fucking Gmod character or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently it ruined his life. He never made any money off of it and stuff like that, but it just ruined his life. Oh, I think he was like a firefighter or something. Yeah. And like his whole reputation was ruined in this small community. So those type of stories, I really like because people have nothing to gain from it. In no. in the opposite, they've lost a lot and they still say, no, this happened. Calvin's just like, leave me the fuck because I Calvin's like, please leave me the fuck alone. I, I don't remember I don't remember what happened. I don't want to remember what happened. Yeah. Well he full on lived that fucking lie where he's like, No, I, I think about that shit every fucking night of my life. Yeah, if it was just Charlie's story, if that happened just to Charlie yeah. and he goes the route that he went, I'd be like he was all he was being interviewed he he became famous he had a lot to gain by lying by this but the audio along with calvin then changing his story and saying i lied brings a lot more like credibility to it yeah i'm like this yeah yeah i believe calvin might believe what he saw because like um charlie like for sure we know charlie believes what he saw yeah calvin saw it believe it and just like please let me forget this let yeah. me live this but you know he wasn't allowed that girl was freaky, right? Huh? That girl, that alien girl? <laughs> the fucking, fucking long middle finger. Long ass middle finger's going. What'd that mouth do? <laughs> Just almost tears a fucking hole in his throat. Fucking. Yeah. And I still like, I love the detail of, um, I love it, like, tomorrow. I love the detail of her being like, being scared, like, oh shit, I'm sorry, I hurt yeah, you. Being I didn't shot mean to. when he hurt her. Yeah. Like, even then, he just like, I kind of don't think she wanted, like, I don't think she meant to hurt me. It did, but I don't think she meant it. Yeah. So it kind of lets credibility to, like, we, don't, we mean you no harm. Could these be, like, the nicest aliens we've, like, encountered? I don't think there's another case where they're nicer. Like, there's nice aliens. Yeah. But I feel like these are the nicest. Like, there's yeah. some brutal fucking aliens. I talked We talked about it before. I wonder, I want to do a whole bunch of reduxes. One of them being the the one from, uh, from Argentina. Mm. The one where, like, they fucking attack that small village. <laughs> With lasers and shit. Then John Hodges. Not, not John Hodges. Vladimir and Olga out here fighting slugs in space. Well, to be fair. They were peaceful. They were just like, hey, look, let's do this real quick. You're not even going to notice. Olga didn't fucking notice. Yeah. She was like, oh, shit, we're done already? <laughs> fucking Vlad was the one, like, throwing hands. He woke up and was like, so you've chosen death. death. <laughs> to this day, I still think about that. Like, what, what was going through the slug's mind? Like, damn, he got hands. <laughs> Anyways, stop. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, why is there boss music playing? <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like these aliens are the nicest I've ever, like, read or heard about. Yeah. That's hmm, three times. Hey, how are you? We got a nice message for you. Too bad they got cock blocked at the end. Yeah. That one kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they could have come for him like at any time. Like, hey, yo. uh, So let's get back to that thing we're trying to talk about. Yeah. Because it, it happened in less than a year. Or less Like less than a year later, they stopped coming. Yeah. 
you said yeah you said it was like 1973 and then yeah 19 by may uh it was may 12th 1974 where they just stopped showing up mm. i like to think after like the cock block they were like yeah we'll see him at another time <laughs> someone fucked up and they completely forgot now it's like <laughs> when he dies they're like oh fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like hey should we go check on him and someone's like check on who <laughs> so it was just silence because they both like <laughs> kind of looked at each other they lost the paperwork and everything yeah they're like oh <laughs> oh fuck they get there and it's his funeral or something like well it's too late for that one <laughs> they're, they're just like a collective like oh, you didn't even hear it but i slapped my forehead <laughs> yeah that that's a weird one kind of believable actually I, a, I don't tend to believe a lot of stories yeah. I, i'm a very art bell type of guy i'm like was he drunk <laughs> Was he crazy? Once again, they passed sobriety tests, too. Yeah. And well, <laughs> after... Now I'm questioning the sobriety tests in Mississippi. These motherfuckers were drinking whiskey and they passed. Well, like, they, they took a couple shots and they're like, you know what? Let's go. They they, they had that liquid courage. That's what that's what it was. It yeah. wasn't like, let's get fucked up. It was like, you know what? Let's just go through this because... It wasn't liquid death. It was liquid courage. <laughs> Maybe you should be drinking some of that, Zeus. Liquid courage? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next episode, he's drunk as fuck. <laughs> Hey uh, guys, um, let me tell you about Snally Gas. <laughs> hey, bro, like, just say the word. We'll get some cracking over down down that liquor store. Some cracking. Hmm. I see that smile, Zeus. Zeus <laughs> smile. He's like, hell yeah, brother. Mars wants to come back on the podcast. I, I don't know if she wants to do it like a like a drinking podcast when we all we all have like a shot of something or, and we're kind of tipsy, like eh, liquid courage. Hey, brother, you drive. I'm not going to take it. I'm going to be the fucking DD. All right, for sure. But I'm talking about you guys. Oh, you know, I drink. I haven't. Cue the story of Jose almost breaking his leg. <laughs> no, keep in mind. I landed on my, I landed on my feet. Yeah. And then roll over and somehow fucked up my knee. I landed on my, like, so I landed on my feet, fell like towards my back. I rolled. I didn't like fall. And yet somehow my knee was the one that was fucked up. That, that is a weird one. Yeah. That's still, that's a good, that was a good night. It was a fun night. Next time we'll take you, Zeus. I want to see you at Barcode. Okay. We're at an hour and 40 minutes. Anything anyone else wants to add? Yo, mama. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it. How do we feel about aliens now? Has anything like changed from the stories? Have like any new thoughts? I still believe in them. I believe in them. I'm, I'm still a little bit more like... They might be peaceful, they might not be not, because once again, we go back to Argentina, and they were not peaceful. Not peaceful at all. But then we have over here Mississippi aliens choosing people to be the chosen ones. Aliens are weird, man. It's such a very complicated thing that I've never gotten into. But, like, once I started, like, looking into it, and, like, there's 12 races? Like, I'm just waiting for, like, the day Earth has, like, a District 9 oh, type of situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well... Going back to that, to the priest, if aliens ever really, like, were confirmed, if, like, the government disclosed, like, oh, they're real, we, we've we been talking with greys, we've been talking with blah, 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 can you imagine how chaotic that might be for, you like, know, the religious people? You know how real it is, son? Hoover's right there, right there, right now, talking to them. <laughs> Hoover didn't die, motherfucker. He's right there, still wheeling and dealing with these aliens. J. Edgar Hoover is alive, and now he's a grey. He willing and dealing with the millions, boy. That's now canon. He ascended. <laughs> he ascended. <laughs> we sent our best. And that's why you want to work for the FBI, kids. You get to dethrone uh, Guatemala. 
No, that was the CIA. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get to assassinate Rest in peace, Martin. <laughs> you get to assassinate Martin Luther King, and then you become an alien. <laughs> and with that, this has been our last ever episode because we got got two days after this <laughs> for the Cryptic Coffee Podcast. This is Efren. This is Jose and Zeus saying goodbye. Adios. Bye. Did you hear that? To be the mid story for like two episodes and those stories end up being like the best ones. <laughs> to be the mid story for like two episodes and those stories end up being like the best ones. <laughs> to be the mid story for like two episodes and those stories end up being like the best ones. <laughs> <laughs>